We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back in here on Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Reminder, we are up and live streaming, so you can see my wild hand gestures to go with my raised voice. You can see the... Sweat dripping from your brow as you are extremely nervous and defensive not... after the conversation in the last segment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I got a lot of people reaching out to me. What do you mean? Who? Oh, just various people who are reaching out to me and saying, you know what, it sounds like Cody stole it. I didn't. And you, do you not? Do you, here's, the, here's what I wonder. Do you, not, do you not understand the impact that your actions have on... <laughs> I knew Myself? you. Yes. I'm associated with you. So what am I supposed to do now? Do I blindly defend you and hope that you're not lying? And hitch my wagon to a potential plagiarizer? I didn't plagiarize. I know you keep saying that, but, you know, the evidence is pretty damning. You know, I'll, I'll make it very clear. The same other, one of the other times I was accused of plagiarism, so were you. Oh, wait a minute. What's that? What do you mean? The name of our very successful podcast. It's always game day in Kansas City. I didn't have anything to do with that. What do you mean? You're on the podcast. Yeah, you produce it. Yeah, you're the host, though. Okay. You produce it. Yeah, but you've got more clout than me. You're the face of the show. <laughs> I don't want to be accused of that. Yeah. By the way, Ruse are up five late, Nick. No big deal. Text line's letting us know. No big deal. It is a big deal, actually. Ruse up 70 to 65, 253 to play. Pretty sure they're going to cover that 18 mark against Toledo. The real question is, are they going to win? Outscored Toledo by 10 in the second half, as we await Andy Reid, by the way. But yes, I have been consistently accused of um, terrible acts, of which I do not think I'm guilty. With the, I know one of the things we're hoping to hear from Andy Reid, who's going to speak to the media here coming up any minute. One of the things we're hoping to hear from Andy Reid is in relation to Clyde, because Last night in postgame, he was asked about it. For someone who is pretty coy about injuries, including just how coy he's been on the McCole Hardman one, he said it didn't look good, and he's pretty tender. Like, for him to openly be saying that in the early portion of this, it's pretty safe to assume that Clyde's regular season impact is going to be reduced significantly. And that because, not just the emergence of Pacheco, but because Clyde is now there. So let's head out to Arrowhead, though, and let's hear from Andy Reid. Right now, um, but we'll have some results here a little bit later. Um, good win for for our football team. I guess good team. Um, 
seems like every game comes down to the end with this group um, when we play them. A lot of good individual efforts, uh, good team efforts on each side of the ball and special teams. Um, I, you know, it's a, it, was, it was a heck of a football game. Anyways, with that time, Jerry. Let's go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Still on mute there, Adam. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yep. Right. Hey, Andy. Um, you yeah. talked after the game last night that you really need to appreciate guys like Kelsey because they get old and they won't be around forever. But so far, he seems to have uh, avoided that, the, the aging thing. Uh, what, what is it about him that it's kind of allowed him, at least so far, to, to beat father time? You know, I know he, he made a cognizant effort. Uh, this year of coming back in great shape. He maintained that all the way through the off season and uh, into training camp. So I think that's helped him. Is, you know, that, especially for this year, last year, he, he came in a little bit heavy and kind of worked through it this year. He came in phenomenal shape. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Good, Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, hey, Sam. Last night, Travis mentioned something about noticing the way Derwin was playing him uh, as far as on his outside shoulder and the routes that, you know, I assumed that took away as far as the verticality and, and going outside. Is that a conversation you guys have on the sideline? Is that something you're able to notice? Is that something he picks up and spots to you? Because I assume that's one of the reasons you, you thought that the drag route might have a little bit of success there late. Yeah, we, um, yeah, we did see that. And, the, we're always aware of how they're trying to play him. And, you know, they, we call it butching him. So they'll, they'll come in and try to really hammer him, but with what kind of leverage they're trying to do that with. And he was, Derwin was playing him a little bit more outside leverage. He changed it up a little bit, but he played like mostly outside leverage. And we figured even though it's tight and he's still trying to hit him, um, that Kels could set it up, you know, and that was a little bit part of it. Also the man coverage stuff, they, they uh, really jumped into quite a little bit of man coverage. So that, that was also part of it. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Good Todd. Hey coach, how you doing today? Good Todd. Okay. So last night you talked about this a little bit, next man up mentality and all that, cause you had some injuries, you know, before the game and then you had some during the game. I just wonder if you can go into a little more about what the makeup of your guys is that allows, especially the young players, to maybe not get all the reps in the practice and then jump right in there in the game and contribute and make plays. What it is that you guys like about those guys who are able to do that? Yeah, so I, I would tell you, um, Todd, that it's, um, uh, it's good coaching. I think the coaches do a nice job. They're patient with the guys. And they're, they're teachers, but I, I would also tell you that their peers, especially the veteran players, try to help the guys right when they come in. So uh, we don't just say you're a rookie, you go over here, or you're trying to get our job, go over here. The, the players, you know, I give them a lot of credit for um, helping teach these guys. And uh, they, they don't have to do that, but they, they've been – very willing. I go back to just Alex Smith and how he handled Pat and 
Um, and uh, Alex was kind of one of our first guys here. So uh, everybody saw how he did it and just kind of followed right along. <clears throat> Let's go next to Jesse Newell. Go ahead, Jesse. Hey, Brad, I'll have a second one follow-up uh, if I can. Hey, going back, uh, Andy, uh, to what Sam was asking about with that uh, throw to Kelsey, Peter King reported that that was the same play that you guys ran against them to win the game uh, against the Chargers last year, too. Can you just go over that play call and kind of explain what happened there? Yeah, um, I know Kelsey said that. Um, it, it it really was. It was the same play. I mean, it was doctored up a little bit with some with, with the motion, but um, – you know, that combination with Watson and Kelson there has been good since training camp uh, on the crossing route. Really, Watson's the primary on it, but it normally comes to number two on the shallow uh, cross there that, that Kels got. But uh, Watson's also a big part of that play and how he works inside. He kind of creates a, a bit of a wall in there where the defender has to – make make up his mind is he going to go over or under it or how's he going to handle that so normally it throws him off by a step but um yeah but but to answer your question yeah i mean it was basically the same play great and uh a lot of national buzz too about the throw that patrick made to jody fortson um i just wondered if you got a chance to look at that one on film and what you thought about that throw no i did uh, no that was a thing of beauty that was a great throw great catch Jody was rolling. I mean, he was full stride and he's got some, he has some very long strides uh, and he was full throttle there. And to be able to go down and, and get that um, the way he did was, was, it was beautiful. That's a big time play by him, big time throw by Patrick. It's like, we've got two more. We'll go Pete and then Matt. Go ahead, Pete. Morning, Coach and, and Brad. I have a quick second one, if you if you don't mind. I uh, was wondering just for your take on on the development of Nick Bolton. You guys said goodbye to Anthony Hitchens, and and he seemed to really become that glue guy for the defense. Just his development in in the system there with with Spags. Yeah, so Hitch is another one of those guys that um, helped Bolton out. I mean, just on being a pro and on and off the field, the things you do to prepare, and uh, nobody did it better than Hitch that way. I mean, he he was. Uh, he spent the time uh, studying. And so Bolt uh, just carried that um, up another notch. I mean, he's, he prepares like crazy. You know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't talk a whole lot. He's, he's a quiet guy, but on the field, he, he gets you where you're supposed to be and he does it with authority and, and he plays like crazy. I mean, he, he plays like a tiger, man. I got it. And then just the second quick one, Lucas Yang's day to be activated is coming up. Have you seen enough to maybe get him in the, in the mix here? I know that you guys got to make a decision pretty soon here. Yeah, I'll talk to Brett. I haven't talked to Brett today. Um, so, but we'll talk on that and, um, and just see, see where we're at with that. But he's made some nice progress over the last couple of weeks. And um, I'm not telling you that he'd be the starter, but he, he, um, you know, I think he's ready to get in probably the two deep. We'll have to talk to the kid too. So we'll go last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, coach. We, we've talked before about the roster turnover during the season with the number of rookies on this team. That your special teams unit is pretty young, and you've had rookies handling most of the return duties too. 
How have you seen that group maturing? And do you see that there's, you know, still room for them to learn and kind of put a, put aside some of those rookie mistakes? Yeah, they're, they're getting better. Um, there, there were a couple of hiccups last night, but, um, but there were some good plays too. I mean, in there that, um, you know, that, that helped us with field position. So uh, they'll, they'll, every rep they get, they're going to, they're going to get better. And we do have a lot, Matt, a lot of, the young guys on on the special teams. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. That's Andy Reid here on a Monday. The only place you can hear him is right here on your broadcast partner for the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. First, the, the, the explanation for Kelsey never aging was, I guess, great in its own right. Um, but if you just listen through some of the stuff they're talking about, like the special teams thing has continued to stand out because... Nick, they're bad. They've been bad all year. They've been the worst unit on the field. But I I have and am willing to give them a bit of a pass knowing that more rookies for this year's team have to play elsewhere. They lost a lot of people That's it, though, right in there. free agency. So they're just stuck. They're stuck with even worse talent than normal there. you got a bunch of dudes who aren't used to doing this. Yes. I Pacheco can, ahead and kick. I can apply that to any player at any position on the field. And if you told me that one of the units was going to be replied, not just relying on young players, because it's one thing to talk about the rookies, but we've talked ad nauseum about the fact that Sky Moore wasn't even a returner in college. So to expect that he would hit the ground running and just be aces right away is a bit much. But then the, that begs the question, why do you have him in that role anyway? Yeah, but Maybe but- have a guy who's done it before do it. Sure, but the way that they like to operate, because Pacheco's returning kicks, and it had been four years since Pacheco had done that. So it's been a long time since Pacheco had been asked to do that job. And we saw a huge mistake he had made last night, right? He hasn't always shown the best judgment on when to or not to return the kick. But last night when the Chargers go for their little punt right at the end of the first half, that felt like at the time what could have ended up costing them the game. Because he steps inbounds to catch it, immediately goes out of bounds, and then has to make that shift that they have to then punt it, the Chargers get the ball back, and it felt like it could have been this massive momentum swing in the game because you could have had the ball at the 40 with three and a half minutes to go, and instead the Chargers had a chance to get a a touchdown, and we're going to get the ball at half. So it felt like everything could have been working against you in that moment. They ended up winning the game, so we don't look back at that moment quite the same, but that was a big, pivotal moment that nearly cost Kansas City a lot because Pacheco's not, you know, hasn't returned kicks regularly. Yeah, but you, okay, but you're right. But we hit the season, and one of those guys was objectively better at pulling off this job than the other. Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah, yes, Sky. of course, yeah. And Sky but, was back there returning punts again yesterday because if, of the injuries. If you throw two players in the exact same situation and you're asking them both to execute new roles, there is a chance one of them will be better at it than the other. And Pacheco had been generally better than Sky, yeah. Right, so that makes sense as to why Pacheco has held down that job all year long. But with Sky, not good at it. So you pull him off and you find somebody who's better. But this is just, unless you just have McColl back there every single time, returning every single kick and every single punt, are you ever going to feel confident that this thing's going to turn around in a substantial way? And the reason why they don't want to do that is because they want McColl healthy for their offense. This is just generally the way she... Okay, Some okay, but Cody... More, I know. Who who do you think is more valuable to this offense moving forward? Isaiah Pacheco or McColl Hardman? Pacheco at this point. Which is tough. He's the, He's the new lead back. And by the way, I know the Atlanta Falcons are kind of sorry this year, 
Well, they're better than I thought. Cordero Patterson, you know, he's their starting running back, and they've still got him back yeah. there returning so, kicks, and he took one to the house from 103 so yards. So there's what the Chiefs should do and what they will, because what we're discussing here is a philosophy difference. Let's look at the Minnesota game as a key example of this. Um, I can't remember who pointed this out. I think it was Nate Tice um, over at the ringer. Teams can't wait, Nick, to pull to not play a single snap for any player in a preseason game. But they're sure as hell leaving Justin Jefferson in a 37-point game in the fourth quarter. These games are equally useless, right? We'd agree? This is an equally useless time for these teams. As in, you don't want your – because the reason you don't play them in the preseason game is not because you don't want them to get reps, Nick. It's because you don't want them to get hurt. And if you don't want them to get hurt, don't play them in 37-point games in the fourth quarter because that's meaningless. That is a meaningless football game in which they will learn nothing. Justin Jefferson is not going to become a better wide receiver because he's playing in a game in which they're getting boat raced, right? Doesn't matter. So, like, to me, this is the conversation with Andy. No, I do not think Isaiah Pacheco or McCole Hardman will be too tired to play wide receiver or running back because they return punts or kicks. But to them, whatever mitigating risk they think they're taking out of that guy could get hurt is probably there. And maybe Pacheco won't keep returning kicks because now they don't have the depth behind Clyde. And I guess Ronald Jones will now start being active if the Clyde injury lasts for several weeks and they'll be justified, I guess, in the holding Ronald Jones around for the length of time they did. But it's just that's a philosophy thing. I would do it the way you're saying, Nick. Um, but I also last year would have played rookie players instead of the veterans at linebacker and safety, and they didn't because they have a philosophy thing. It's hard to convince them to do something different than they've always done. Hey, flip side, though, big get-right game for Harrison Bucker. Made all those extra points, oh. all those field goals. And the field, oh, man, he was just booting it. Needed that. Needed that from Bucker. By the way, text line again pointing out, the ruse won. Beat Toledo. By 11, Nick. They were 18, 18 point, point dogs. dogs. Unbelievable. I mean, put the nation on watch. Makes them 2 and 5 on the season. So. Or no, 3 and 5 on the season. On the up and up, man. Prepare yourself. Yeah. The ruse are coming. The Marvin Menzies era has begun with their official win against Toledo today. So. You know, we got to count. We got we got to account that. Uh, other major news around the NFL: uh, Ian Rappaport is reporting that the Broncos have cut Melvin Gordon. So I guess that means uh, Nathaniel Hackett' job is safe, right? That ought to fix it. Did you see that he had another just like comically bad timeout blunder? Like he just didn't realize time was ticking away on his game. It's like, oh wait. Am I supposed to call a timeout? This is after he handled he handed play calling duties off, Nick. He handed off the play calling duties to a different guy. Hey, by the way, he handed them off to Clint Kubiak, who was the offensive coordinator under Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. But more importantly than that, Clint Kubiak was one time the wide receiver coach for the University of Kansas under David Beatty. So. so it's incredible to Under me. Under David Beatty, one of the worst years of Kansas. So football. he has somehow able to come out not only ahead of, of what, 
you would think would be career suicide working with David Beatty <laughs> at Kansas, but I mean, now he's an offensive coordinator for an NFL team. And calling plays. Year, so good for him, man. Well, it is maybe the worst offense in the NFL, but yeah, he was but with I mean, the worst not... college football team in, in, in college at the time. So yeah, you're not calling plays for, for Zach Wilson, though. He got, he got further promoted to still being on the worst version of whatever level he was at, Nick, but now it's with the pros. As bad as, I mean, I know they still lost, but I'm telling you right now, that was in a significant upgrade offensively. Like, the, the Broncos could actually move the ball with relative consistency yesterday. They didn't win, but it's better than it had looked. Baby steps, I guess. Yeah, and I guess that this goes back to the same thing, because, like, the Melvin Gordon thing was another one of those, like, what are you doing hack at things? He was like, no, we're not benching him, even though they benched him. And then they ran him, like, 30 times the next game, then like two times and then cut him. You're like, what was your plan with Melvin Gordon? Just to make him feel good for a day or something or what? And now he's a bad attitude guy, so you got to cut him? None of this makes it. Like Ronald Jones essentially openly asked for a cut from the Chiefs. And they're like, no. Like, what? But I I don't want to be here. You're like, sorry. we We have multiple textures asking the question now, so we should probably address it before we go to break. Uh, because you are the king of guy gets cut, Chiefs should bring him in. Melvin I didn't Gordon. bring it up. That's you. Melvin Gordon. I'm good. You want him? No, I'm fine. This would be the equivalent to me of everybody saying, like, is it time to give Ronald Jones some run? It's like, have you not maybe considered there's a reason why the Chiefs haven't even had him active for one game this year? And perhaps that reason is that he's not very good. No, I'm good. I think I'd rather just um, just let Pacheco and McKinnon handle it. Yeah, and then activate Ronald Jones for game days. But I, you know, cool with me. I don't, you know, I don't need him. You know, I don't need him getting a bunch of, you know, giving a bunch of carries to Ronald Jones or yeah. anything. Yeah. So I'm fine one way or the other. I don't. I don't feel any particular pressure. Do you, Do you want the or? Uh, I'm trying to remember if there was anybody else who was cut recently that people were asking for. I've actually been much better about that this year. You, 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 we had an intervention and I've tried to improve myself. You're making progress, man. Just trying but to, get, I, I, but you never really, you never truly get over addiction. You know, that's something that's going to cover carry. Well, look, we all have relapses and I'm still going to, at some point probably suggest that the chief signed somebody who was cut. But right now, the Chiefs don't have any noticeable, like, outside of the special teams, which we were just discussing, which is a unit thing, not an individual player thing. They don't have any noticeable areas where you're like, anyone would make this better. That's not how I feel. Running back or wide receiver or tight end or linebacker or safety or corner. There's not a singular fix that would be like, I'd feel like they're so bad there, I'd take anyone. Because I felt like that's where I was getting myself in trouble with the Chiefs. Because it kept starting so bad on defense every year that I felt forced or backed into a corner or trapped, Nick, in some capacity that made me feel like I had to go that route. But instead, I have not. I know the snitch line's not till Thursday. We won't be on on Thursday because that's Thanksgiving. So I'm, tomorrow? I'm gonna, well, I'm just going to give a self-snitch right now. I did, I, I did throw you under the bus on Twitter. What, um, I, Nick? Well, I had to. I had to separate. You my, had to? Yes, I needed to let people know that, like, hey, I don't condone Cody's behavior. But I think you people, put the tweet side by side. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. But um, I was being sarcastic and I don't think people picked up on my sarcasm. But hey, did you see the follow up tweet? I did. I did give a very, very kind uh, rebuke of the plagiarism accusations against you. So that counts for something, right? 
I like how you could have just deleted said tweet, but instead. Well, no. Why would I delete? I don't delete tweets. I have nothing to hide. <laughs> it was a joke, and then I said I gave you a lot of credit in the second. That second tweet was really nice, wasn't it? I don't know if I'd call it really nice. I you said, just said people is, shouldn't be hardos. I said this is a joke. Cody's not dumb enough to blatantly rip off <laughs> someone and think that he wouldn't get caught. Especially someone he follows. That's the thing. It's not that you wouldn't rip. It's not that you wouldn't steal. Like I think anybody would steal. Like, but it's that you were not going to steal, steal something that blatantly. That was already going viral. They had like seven thousand retweets or whatever, and think that there was no chance it would come back like to bite you. Like I could get away with this. I bet no one noticed if I sent a nearly identical tweet. Right. I'm like Cody, seven minutes after Kent sent his. I'm like Cody's got a lot of character concerns, but that one, this one, he's innocent of. Because it's implying that I both have character concerns and am stupid. It's stupid. That's just it. It's It's like, you're not that stupid. You have character concerns. You're not a moron to think (laughs) that, like, nobody would notice that you stole the exact same tweet from someone who clearly has a lot of overlap and followers from you. Send. Bet no one will see it. (laughs) (laughs) When we come back, you briefly mentioned Sky Moore. Let's talk about him deeper. It's the first time he showed up for the Chiefs and why we're not totally sure that we can count on all of that moving forward. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here on Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. We did not make nearly big enough a deal with the disrespectful comment Andy Reid said when he said, yeah, that was the same play we used to beat the Chargers last year uh, for the game winner as well. Nick, do you know how disrespectful it is to run the exact same play two times to beat your division rival two times? Especially knowing well, that Andy Reid is disres- the coach. It's not disrespectful until you say it afterwards. <laughs> until you At the say point it. when you run it, it's yeah. just like, hey, it worked before. Let's try it again. It's only disrespectful when you be like, ha Yeah, we beat him with the same plays last time. They suck, huh? That's when it's disrespectful. Look at those losers. Can't even, can't even guard a single play. Yeah, that's probably fair. Because obviously somebody else admitted it ahead of time. Otherwise, I'm not sure Andy Reid would have. Because somebody's like, Hey, so he pretty much said that was the same play you guys ran. She was like, well, you know, the motion was a little different, but yeah, it's pretty much the same play. 
And yeah, it worked the last time and it did this time. And he's like, pretty much all the time it goes to the second guy on that. Like he's openly admitting, technically Kelsey's not the first read, but like 90% of the time they run that play, it ends up in Kelsey's hands anyway. You're like, God, it's just so disrespectful. It's so, so, so disrespectful. It really is. Also, it's effective. So, I mean, do something for about all, it. No, for all I care, run it every single game against the Chargers until they prove that they can stop it. I just love the idea that like a third time he would run it in a game-winning situation. Be like, okay, well, we're doing it again. What would you like to? And in, in, in the same game that Kelsey was like deoning into the end zone, and on the touchdown that Derwin fell down on the game-winning one, he was celebrating it like the four-yard line. Like Aaron Ladson on the tweet, like the screenshot. You want to talk about disrespectful. (laughs) Twice in the same game. The screenplay. There's like a guy two yards away from him, and he's high-stepping, and then he finishes with the LT finger roll. It's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. And here's the thing, dude. If the Chargers ever get to the point, and Andy Reid knows this too, and Patrick Mahomes knows this, and Travis Kelsey knows this, if they run that play a third time and the Chargers are ready for it, They'll throw it to a different person. They'll just throw it to Justin Watson. He'll be a wide open and run into the end zone for a touchdown there. Like the, it, the, None of the plays in Andy Reid's playbook are designed to just go to one guy, and if it doesn't go to that one guy, then they're screwed. There is four, five, six different wrinkles that are always going to allow for the Chiefs to leverage what the other team's defense is doing against them and work it to their advantage. Don't forget, our live stream of the show, it's going to end at 1 o'clock so that you can go downstairs. See the guys. I don't know who's all going to be there yet, but I'm told they will be there and they will be drinking and there might be food. Nick, no confirmation on the food for you. I'm afraid. Wait, there's booze? Yeah. Yeah. Open bar? I was Cash told, bar? I was told, I was told there Cocktails? would be. Cocktails? Beer? I was told Wine? that there would be Budweiser products downstairs. Okay. Well, just Budweiser? I don't know. I just said Budweiser products. I'm not really sure. I'm not a big Bud Heavy guy. Well, I just, I'm sure if they've got Bud Heavy, there's Bud Light. Maybe even a. They used to make Bud Select? Probably not, huh? No, they do make Bud Select. Okay. But I'm not going to eat that. What if it was Bud Ice? That's what my, that's what my father-in-law drank forever. Freshman year in college. Forever had, Bud Ice. Freshman year in college, I had a 30-pack of Bud Dry. As God, a, my man. uncle got that to me for a move-in gift. <laughs> was a 30-rack of Bud Dry? I think that was honestly, that may have been the last 30-pack of Bud Dry <laughs> that they ever made. Collector's item? Yeah. You took out a couple of cans? Nah. I feel like that was a tough 30-rack to get uh, through. It was about 12 years ago, so... No, it wasn't actually. I didn't think it was that bad at all. I haven't had. I don't know that I've had it, honestly. But ice, I used to drink regularly. Again, my father in law, it was like his go to for the longest time. I think it's, it's like 6%. It's like kind of a strong domestic from that end. But I, I don't remember. Like, I think it became harder to find. And so he switched to Corona. That ends the father in law. What's your father? Or not your father in law. What's your girlfriend's dad drink, Nick? I have no idea. Because that's the thing you're going to have around the house, you know? What, yeah, like on the opposite, you know. and what's your dad drink? Like if Lindsay goes to the Schwartz household, what can she regularly expect to be in the fridge? Whiskey. My dad doesn't drink a lot of beer anymore. And it's a, it's a diet thing, but so he mostly sticks, sticks to uh, hard alcohol. Okay. Whiskey, vodka. So if you want those things, you can find them. Yeah. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll get you to the random question of the day, which Nick will be handling today in the absence of Alex. We've moved some responsibilities around, but the Chiefs, last night, I, you know, I kind of want to talk about these two things as they relate to each other, because last night, Sky Moore's emergence was big news for Kansas City, right? That was his best game. That means he 
might or could have a role for this team in the future. We hadn't yet seen that version of Sky Moore yet, so that was big. But it's also what makes Mahomes the MVP. The fact that in any given game, he could turn a guy who was a 100-yard receiver before that moment, because he was who he was on his football card, right? He'd played nine games for the Chiefs. He'd played more than enough snaps to have more than that, and he had 110 yards receiving. That's who he was to the Chiefs. They didn't feel the need to use him excessively. They didn't feel the need to carve out a role for him. And yet, in a game in which they needed him to play, because there were so many injuries at wide receiver, they had no choice. He showed up. He looked the part. And some of that is Sky Moore. He ran good routes. He got open. He made tough catches. But to me, that also goes hand in hand, doesn't it, Nick? That Patrick Mahomes will just pretty much make anyone look good. At this point, that's why he's an MVP. Yeah, but that's that's not, why he's going to win the MVP. That's why he won the MVP last night. But that's not what I took away from Sky Moore's game last night. I did not think, like, well, good thing he had Patrick Mahomes thrown to him. Now, maybe he's a good thing that you have Andy Reid scheming plays to where you are going to get open if you're playing 25. I think it was 24 snaps for Sky last night. So he didn't even play all that much. Justin Watson played the most snaps of any receiver. And then it was MVS, whose numbers have stayed pretty consistent, regardless of who else has been out there around him. And then it was Sky Moore, but that was only by default. I, I don't think if, if Kadarius wouldn't have been injured, there's no way Sky is getting that opportunity. None, none of that matters because McColl didn't play, Juju didn't play, Kadarius went out in the first half, so Sky Moore gets more of an opportunity, and it's what he did with that opportunity because with that opportunity, Cody, he looked like a guy who belonged. He didn't look like a guy who just had production because Patrick Mahomes was force-feeding him. Like, looked really sharp out there. Didn't look like a rookie. Had some really crisp route running, was getting separation, made plays, like showed a lot of the stuff that you feel like the Chiefs thought they were getting when they drafted him in the second round. I still don't know what his ceiling is. I don't think he's ever going to be a legit number one receiver for the Chiefs or in the NFL. But he showed you last night that he can be a useful weapon in your offense. I'm not ready to say that I think this means more about what I expect from him moving forward, but he just showed you what at least we hadn't seen up until this point this year, which is that he looks like he belonged. For four quarters, he looked like he belonged, which is more than you could have said at any point up to this season. I He really, you know, honestly, the Derwin James one stands out, obviously, because it was a third down play, and it's Derwin James, a guy who had a major impact in the game last night. He got a sack of Mahomes when he blew up Pacheco. He was, for a while, doing a decent job on Travis Kelsey. I know in the end he did not. But he was all over the field because he's Derwin James. And that, you know, will stand out. Generally, you know, like, that that will stand out for what he is capable of doing. But it's, to me, it's just like there's life. And, I, you know, all I wanted to know from Sky this year, legitimate, because they have a lot of weapons, man. I, I know that they got, like, some little injuries here or there. But they've already pretty much admitted they don't think McColl's injury is season-ending. And there's no reason to think right now that Tony's hamstring injury, he said they're going to get tested. But, like, I don't think there's any reason to think that's going to be season-ending. So by the time the postseason rolls around, and for the next few weeks, you're going to want to make sure, right, that Juju, MVS, McColl, Kelsey, right, no matter how this shakes out by the end of the season, the odds of Sky Moore being anywhere above the sixth or seventh option are still pretty low. But I can't help but think of the playoff game last year against Cincinnati. When when they had to throw it to somebody else, because that's how the game was being dictated, and they had to throw it to Demarcus Robinson, I wished for death. 
I just don't want to wish for death if they have to throw this guy more. Or if the injuries occur and they have to count on him to know that you can. Because most teams can't count on their six wide receiver. That's not really how it's supposed to be. You're then just banking on the God-given talent of Patrick Mahomes of making anyone great, Nick. But instead, maybe like you said, Sky Moore showed enough skills that I can count on him a little bit. I'll take it. But, I, you know, I can't help but look at Sky Moore, Justin Watson, MVS who had 11 yards, and still look at Patrick Mahomes' final stat line of 330 yards and three touchdowns and a come-from-behind final minute, you know, final two-minute drive, go-ahead touchdown to win and not think, well, he won the MVP last night, and I'm glad Sky had a big game and maybe they can carve something out for him going forward. But to me, the bigger story there is, Mahomes will do it with anybody. Just as long as Travis Kelsey's on the field, Mahomes will do it with anybody else. Yeah, so I wonder moving forward now. Let's imagine that Juju's healthy this week. Uh, we know McColl's going to be out for a sustained period of time. We don't know anything about what's going to happen with Kadarius Toney. Is there any chance that, that Sky can pass anybody on the depth chart right now? Or is this all just no. going to be about other guys not being available? I think it's about other guys not being available. But you know what the difference was before between Sky yesterday and Sky now is? Okay, so Justin Watson in the first Chargers game, he had that, like, 42-yard touchdown pass. Was that what it was? 50-yard mm-hmm. touchdown catch? Um, that was McColl's route, and he had said that after the game. He'd said, hey, that was McColl's route. We just had Justin run, and he threw it to him. Before, did you think that if Sky Moore was stepping into somebody else's route, it was going to work? No, but but – Here's, here's what it comes down to, Cody, is, is the receivers on this team, the ones that start, the ones that play week after week, they have very specific roles. So last night with Juju out, it's not just that uh, MVS, who's been the number two all year, just stepped up into his role. No, because they're not the same players. MVS is a speedster. Juju, big-bodied wide receiver going across, possession receiver. They almost use him as, as like a, a kind of a tight end situation. So you knew that that's never going to be MVS. So what did they do? They moved Justin Watson into that role. Now, I don't know if that would have played out the exact same way had Kadarius not gotten injured, but you got to ask yourself, who whose role can Sky Moore play? Who could you see him surpassing on the depth chart? And I know we'll start throwing out names like Nicole Hardman, but until he got injured, nobody was passing him on the depth chart. He is going to be a part of this team if he's healthy. So if you told me by the time the postseason rolls around, everyone's healthy, would I not? Would you not assume that your top three receivers in terms of snaps are going to be the same guys they were for the first two months of the season when healthy? Juju, MVS, and Mecole. Like, I know we got really excited about Kadarius Toney, and maybe we're doing that to a lesser extent about Sky Moore. But once we get to the postseason, we're talking about six receivers now who have all made impacts in some way, shape, or form this season. Can't really play six receivers on a week-in, week-out basis. So by the time we get to the postseason, don't we, shouldn't we just assume that the same guys who have sort of been left out, Sky and Justin Watson, are going to continue to get left out if everybody's healthy by the end of the year? Yeah, I think that's safe to assume. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be that way. I don't think that this just means Sky Moore now has a big role for this team going forward. But for the next few weeks, he might, right? He can prove that he deserves those couple of touches that, like, Tony gets or McColl gets or MVS gets designed, right? Because Juju could come back this week, but he might not. McColl's not going to. I somehow doubt Tony will, right? Hamstring injuries aren't normally you get hurt on a Sunday, play again. Get, yeah. get hurt on a Sunday, don't come back in the game, and then are back by the next Sunday. 
So there's already more to go around. And to me, it's like if you show enough, like you said, in those 20-plus-something snaps, to me, the third downs are really it. Patrick Mahomes has to trust you then. Because if he doesn't trust you then, you're not really going to get the ball at any other point. Like, if he can't trust you to handle your business in those moments, because that's why Justin Watson plays, you know? Justin Watson plays because he seems to have a good rapport for with Mahomes when he has to. It's not like he's out there just like, he doesn't, he's never showing up for nine catches in 100 yards. Justin Watson just shows up when Patrick Mahomes needs him. That's what Sky had to prove in this game, that he could just show up when Mahomes needed him. Well, a couple the, of big third-down conversions will do that. Well, he, the, the most interesting guy to talk about is MVS, because even though he plays consistent snaps week in and week out, he does not produce like, I mean, basically anybody else in the room. He had that 111-yard game. I think it was only three receptions for San Francisco. But since then, the last three games, he has five catches for 90 yards, despite the fact that he's out there 60, 70-plus percent of snaps. He has a role on this team. Do you see anybody taking snaps away from MBS? Because up until this point, injuries. No. MBS is going to be their second leading receiver. He, second leading receiver in terms of playing time. Correct. Yes. But not in terms of production because despite well, the fact both that both right now. Yeah, but I don't. I can't imagine that's going to be the case by the end of the season. He's on pace for 780 yards. It's about 170 more than McCole Hardman's current pace. Like, I think he will be their second-leading wide receiver. Well, he's the you only one who's been healthy. Kelsey? He's the only one who's been healthy that's this season. It. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that, that's Random it. question. That's a huge part. All right, for you, Cody, and, and for, for me, and for the listeners on the Jays Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. And you know what? To everybody watching on the streams, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, am I missing any of them? At all of them, 610 Sports, Kansas City. The stream's going to end here in about 10 minutes, by the way. Then we start our uh, our World Cup watch party downstairs. You know, I was going to do something on the Fonz, Henry Winkler. That's obviously a big story. That was fun. He, his energy propelled the Chiefs to a win last night. I don't think the Chiefs win that game unless he's in the building. By the way, real quick, do you want to you talk about plagiarism? KMBC, wow. who's a different news station this, sent out a tweet of Henry Winkler being like, I met Mahomes. And it was a tweet sent by Aaron Ladd, who works for a competing station, and then just cropped out his name in the damn, tweet. Damn. That is about as cold blood as it gets. Yeah, that is. That's also what aboutism uh, from you. Kind of. But go kind ahead with a random to, question. To divert attention elsewhere. Uh, McCole Hardman was not in LA. He was actually watching the game at home last night, and he was live tweeting. It was highly entertaining watching him go through the emotions that so many Chiefs fans do. It's funny the way that players talk about fans being, like, emotional. You don't know what it's like being out there, but yet the second they become fans, they're just like every other fan. They're emotional. They're irrational. They're screaming, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? I loved watching and and watching along what McCole was saying last night, but I don't know how many fans are like this because at one point he tweeted, damn, man, I almost threw the remote at the TV. Update, I threw the remote at the TV. Now I got to go get a new TV. <laughs> what happened? This is all a, a, a thread. What happened? I can't see nothing. My TV broke. Did we win? 17 question marks. And then at some point, he posts a picture of a very obviously broken TV with a giant crack in the middle, spider webbing through the rest of the TV. Just in case y'all thought I was lying, I really did break my TV. So I am to assume at some point, I don't know exactly what play he would have done it on. Maybe it was, I don't know, this the inner when the fumble by McKinnon, maybe? 
Would that have been when he would have broken it or when the Chargers went down and scored? Probably or maybe when the, the Chargers Keen- went to score. The Keenan Allen, big reception that down could the be field. Uh, so my question for you today is, have you ever been so emotional during a game where you have broken something? Have you no. broken a TV? Have you punched a wall? Have you flipped over a table? Have you thrown something across the room? What's the maddest you've ever gotten in a game, not just emotionally, but to the point where you ended up breaking something or destroying something I, that is your own property? I've certainly yelled, but I'm not really much of a breaker of things. By the way, I am, I'm learning now that people are saying it is a fake photo. You've been duped. I've been duped. I don't know. But there was a Chiefs hat on the table stand. Like on, on the entertainment center underneath the TV? Yeah. There's a Kansas City Chiefs hat. Look, I don't know one way or the other if it's fake. I don't really care. Okay, I, well, I got I to figure it out now. He says it, Google broken, Google image broken TV. If it's the first picture that comes up, I'm going to be pissed. And it is. Just the first photo? Well, the crack. So it was like clearly the cracked image was photoshopped onto his TV. Oh, so it's really his space. You know okay, it didn't happen, but I still want to know if anybody's ever done that. Do you remember when people used to keep, like in some of my friend's parents' basement, Nick, that like foam brick that was like the bad call brick? It was like a infomercial thing that people could like throw or would throw, I guess, instead of throwing things you shouldn't, like remotes. At your TV? I've never broken anything. Have you? No, and I'm convinced every time you see those videos of like a, a it's always, I feel like it's always like a Cowboys fan or something where they, they get mad at the end of the game and then they like kick their TV and I'm like, I'm assuming that was staged. Why else were you filming when your husband like stuck his boot through a 90 inch plasma? Like, is that worth Maybe it? Maybe it was escalating. <laughs> you could tell something was coming. You're like, better put this on. I'm about to kick this TV screen in. I don't know. I've never resorted to that. Gold has told us before that he used to, he's a big yeller at the TV and used to throw things. But I, I don't know. That was never, I've broken a lot of things in my life, but never over anger, anger over a sporting event. Like no, I'm not I'm saying afraid. I've not gotten angry at a sporting event. I just don't throw things when it comes to that point. Yelling seems to suffice. I'm afraid that I would, like, if I tried to punch a wall, I would, like, break my hand or something. You know what I mean? I would just be so remorseful. I would I would be so pissed off after. If you punched a wall? Yeah. And had to any, fix it? Anything like that. It's like, well, now I need a new TV. I can't just, like, go without having a television. So it's kind of like a staple st- of most people's. And it's like you're going to have to go right then. You're like, well, that was great. you got to watch the rest of the game on your phone, Nick, and then you got to get up, go outside, and do that thing. Someone said TVs were tougher in your day, Cody. Rubber brings – those rubber bricks probably break TV screens nowadays. I think I may have, like, I've thrown my phone across the room a few times. I don't know if it was sports-related. Kid feels like this is more likely. I, video games. Video I, games will do that to college, you. When I was in college or high school, like there were a few times where I'd throw like the Xbox controller across the room, playing like Madden <laughs> with one of my buddies. And what? Something happened you didn't like? I lost. Broke a tackle. Just lost? Just a regular loss? Or like, you know, or usually it was like NBA 2K when like, like the sixth guy off his bench be like, I don't know, like Ryan Anderson comes off the bench for the Suns and scores 42 points. I'm like, this is not, this is not accurate. This would never happen. That was that was more my speed. It was never usually 
game. It, and it had to be a game that I was actually involved in. Someone says, why would he lie about that? Don't gloss over that. Very weird. <laughs> I don't know, man. People lie about all kinds of stuff. Kind of like you plagiarizing tweets. No, you know? people, no, people lie no, about stuff all no. the time. I didn't lie about that. I didn't plagiarize. Well, people think you did, so. Okay. Well, this is a good time to take a break because I'm not having this conversation again. <laughs> when we come back, there's a big storyline in the NFL that I can't believe has become one of the biggest talking points amongst NFL players, and it affected the Chiefs last night. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs' red half hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.